At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner. Presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Veasan. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Got a fun show for you today. Guess how much we in Colorado bet on the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Stanley Cup final. The number is extremely large, and my buddy Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado and PlayColorado.com is going to join me. We will discuss that. Uh, a lot going on with the Broncos, obviously. We got the preseason starting up. Thursday night, by the way, is the preseason opener, the Hall of Fame game. No Trevor Lawrence. And that, nobody's going to play in this game. You want to look at the lines right now on Bet Rivers? It's Jacksonville minus a point and a half. 110, minus 110 both sides, and 30 and a half is the total. Betting preseason games is a lot of following the news, the beat writers, seeing who is actually playing in these games, the quote-unquote home teams. Uh, I've won nine of these 15 games on the money line. I don't think there's any trends that are really going to tell me to bet either way, but the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders are going to play in Columbus, Ohio, uh, coming up on Thursday night. We're 36 days away from the NFL kicking off 40 from the uh, Denver Broncos kicking things off. And then again, you look at that Monday night matchup, it's still sitting at four and a half with the Broncos visiting the Seattle Seahawks. What a crazy, crazy time that is going to be for Russell Wilson going back to where it all began. Actually, you know what? We've had a little bit of movement here for the first time. The Broncos are now minus five at minus one Oh nine. So money coming in on Denver. Minus 210 on the money line. And the total stays the same at 41 and a half. But this thing now got pushed up to five. I'm going to tell you, 
it's kind of tough to back a team on the road minus five. It's a first game for Russell Wilson. It's a first game for Nathaniel Hackett. Seattle kind of knows Russell Wilson, right? So uh, five's a lot of points. We'll discuss this as the season gets closer, but it is, it's good to note that at least uh, we do have a little bit of a line change here. Okay. We've got some things to get into on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. And then we'll get to Ian St. Clair. Uh, first, go check out my Twitter handle at Holden Radio. I retweeted a little post from Keenan Allen. And of course, uh, Keenan Allen making a little bit of fun of Russell Wilson. I think it's great, by the way. I'd love to see a little rivalry between the Chargers and the Broncos. He's making fun of Russ. He's saying, Bolt fam, let's ride. Bolt fam, let's ride. He said it like six or seven times. It was funny, too. I, I enjoyed it um, because Russell Wilson is corny. It's as simple as that. And the fact of the matter is that Keenan Allen's going to end up getting shut down by uh, Patrick Sertan when he's on that side of the field. Um, and, and I really do think that the Broncos are going to have a better season or as good of a season as the Chargers. But it would be nice to get this rivalry going. There's really no fans of the Chargers when you think about it. So it's kind of tough to have a rivalry, but maybe from this side, maybe there could be a fight. Maybe there could be a couple of great games and there's actually a Chargers Broncos rivalry for the first time in the history of the world. All right. That's number one on the front range for four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number two, let's get into Broncos wire saying that Bradley Chubb's the biggest, uh, most overrated player on the team, most overrated. So here's what Broncos wire said. It's possible to be overrated while still being a very good player. See, and this is me talking now. I think he's a great player when he's on the field, but you're the number five pick. You've missed 24 of 49 games and you haven't had a sack in two years. I mean, that's kind of tough. 2020 was awesome. He had seven and a half sacks. He was a pro bowler. But the injuries are killing him. Is he the most overrated player on the roster? I mean, is Jerry Judy rated anymore? Yeah, two very similar situations. At least Chubb is, has a track record of having a great season, but Judy got banged up because of injuries. You know, if you, if you want to take injuries out of it, out of the mix, I don't think that you could say Bradley Chubb is the. Uh, I think you say that Bradley Chubb is the most overrated player. If you take injuries out of the mix, you can't take it out of it though. And that's why I'm not going to include him. Uh, is it Garrett Bolts? Is it going to be, you know, Cortland Sutton? Because everybody thinks he's going to break out. Jerry Judy can't do that because the injuries. I think there's going to be a lot of question marks about who the most overrated player on the team, but Bradley Chubb's got to be right there. All right, number three on the front range, four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's talk a little Rockies, Colorado Rockies. Bud Black telling MLB Network Radio, my old place of employment, that uh, they're bringing up, the Rockies are bringing up first and third baseman Illyris Montero today. And if they're able to move shortstop Jose Iglesias, which they should, uh, Ezekiel Tovar, super prospect, should be coming up too. So let's look at Montero real quick. He's the dude that came over in the Nolan Arenado trade. He was, he's the big name. You know, you've seen Austin Gomber. We'll see if Montero turns into a stud. 933 OPS, 15 home runs in 297 plate appearances in the minors this year. I think he takes over from McMahon at third base. Uh, McMahon's just been awful, awful, awful. 
Then you see Tovar, our guy with the hot Fidyad goats, double A shortstop, 931 OPS, 13 home runs. You know, there's not a lot of reasons to go watch this team. I think people just go out. It's a great ballpark. We know that. Charlie Blackman's hanging out there. We know that. People love Charlie Blackman. But I am really fascinated to see how these two dudes perform. Montero coming up. And then if Tovar comes up, now you got two of the top three guys, I think, in the organization. Zach Veen is a young, lower-level minor league outfielder who's one of the top prospects in the game. But boy, can Montero and Tovar come in here and actually make an impact immediately? Because if they do, the Rockies are going to be an exciting team down the stretch. Tovar, again, 931 OPS, 13 home runs at AA. So a couple other notes. Chris Bryant back on the IL for the third time this year. He's 30 years old. He's played 40 of 103 games. Questionable signing at the time. Now the injuries are mounting up. What the hell were the Rockies thinking? And what the hell were the Rockies thinking not trading Marquez this offseason? Like I said, they should have. His value was at its zenith. They could have gotten a big package back for that dude, or at least, you know, maybe a pitcher that could have been a middle to front range arm in that rotation, maybe an everyday position player. But now you could trade Marquez. I think he's probably at about two thirds of his worth that he was this offseason because he struggled this year. There's no reason to have Chad Cool on this roster. Ground ball pitcher. I, I don't even give a damn what you get for him at this point. Get yourself a guy that could be a reliever long-term. Throws ground balls. Iglesias is hitting over 300. Good defensive shortstop. He should be gone. And personally, I think C.J. Crone should be gone too. But they won't trade him for whatever the reason is. They don't want to admit that they're in full rebuild mode. Even though they should be. Even though they should be. What a disaster. And if they don't make any moves, and the only move that they really made was, was bringing up Montero and signing Daniel Bard, a 37-year-old closer to an extension, par for the course. Wouldn't surprise me. That was number three on the front range four. Number four coming up in a minute. It'll be Ian Sinclair. But first, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook serving up big wins with our new weekly profit boosts on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers Sportsbook app every Wednesday. Get a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Every Wednesday, automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can live stream your favorite tennis players right here from the BetRivers app. Heat up your summer with the BetRivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. You got to be 21, located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, number four on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range would be Ian St. Clair, who I'm very, very happy to be back with here. It's been about a month, my friend. A lot's been going on. You've had vacation. I've had vacation. You've been sick. I haven't been sick, knock on wood. How the hell are you, dude? What's going on in your world? It, everything is going swimmingly. We're still waiting for Nazem Kadri to make a decision on whether where he's going to play in 2022. Broncos are starting... I've started training camp. They're actually going to be in pads today. So mm. that'll be the first step to see what's next for this Broncos team. And they have another new minority owner in Lewis Hamilton from F1 fame. Yeah, well, you know what? That is what Major League Baseball, you know, was asking. Or Major League Baseball. That's what the National Football League was asking for. I got baseball in my mind because of the Soto trade. But 
They wanted more minority ownership, and it's just an all-star team is what the Broncos have put together here, you know? And ultimately, it'll be judged on the field how they do, but Walton and this new uh, super team of owners is inheriting a pretty good situation. Pretty good. So congratulations to them. Uh, they haven't done anything yet, but... Yeah. And right? it's, not, it's not like Rob Walton needs the financial help. I mean, he, what, what, he's like the sixth richest man in America. So yeah, th this, this is about solidifying the minority aspect of it in terms of uh, getting Melody Hobson, Condoleezza Rice, and now Lewis Hamilton. That's going to help with the whole, the other 31 owners approving this, which will happen in the next, what, couple weeks when they do the league meeting in, I believe, Minneapolis. So it's just a way of solidifying that. I think the next piece of this, and we've heard it discussed with Mike Kliss and some of the other Broncos insiders, is Peyton Manning's involvement. Is he going to have a role in the front office or in some sort of ownership stake? That will be very interesting to have Peyton Manning involved. He was out at Broncos practice over the weekend with his son. So he still lives in Denver. He is still associated with the Broncos, which I think is incredible since – a lot of people still view him as a Colt. I, I'm one of the few who views him as a Bronco because he still lives here. He retired as a Bronco, so it's it's fascinating. It's with what's happened the last six years, with not having a quarterback and having the incompetent Joe Ellis running this franchise. The fact that they're now in a position to be set up is exciting. So, before we get back into the Broncos, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, you and I discussed a lot during the Stanley Cup run for the Avalanche. Just how invested were people going to be? Because I told you I had so many people. I got my trainer, guys at my gym. They signed up to bet. They signed up to bet when the team went to the Stanley Cup uh, finals. So, how big was the payoff here for the books? So, according to the release from the Colorado Division of Gaming for the June numbers. As a whole, Coloradans wagered over $97 million on the Stanley Cup playoffs. For the month of June, the NHL brought in $29 million for a total of $31 million. So I, it, it's fascinating that that much money was bet on the Stanley Cup playoffs over the course of the entire playoffs to get over $97 million. I, I think it shows that there's a market for NHL betting. And I think as if Comcast and Cronky Sports can ever end this stupid disagreement and get it back on Comcast, you'll see those numbers jump up. I, I just, I, that's the only thing that I, I there's a market for this. There's a market for wanting to bet the avalanche. It's, it's an exciting game to bet. You can live bet it. It's probably the best value to bet the Avs when they get behind and you they they become the live odds underdog, but it, it just shows that there is a market for this and and the market is continuing continually maturing. So ninety seven million, right? Is that yep. what you just said? Yep. Ninety seven million. So I look at this now. You get any team in a in a run then toward their finals, toward their championships, Denver's just going to hop on. I'm not so sure it's like that in other markets. You know, I've been in other markets, but this this is a town that was just starved for success since the Broncos haven't had it in a while. Correct. Now, 
I could say there's other cities that have had much tougher times getting winners, right? Uh, what are we looking at? Seattle hasn't had a winner. Well, I guess since their Super Bowl, right? So I think I brought up the wrong city. There are cities out there. Let's just restate that. How about the the Cubs in Chicago? It's been a little while for them, right? It has so been. Finally not as that. long as it was before they won the World Series in 2016. Yeah. yeah, not as long. But there are cities that have, been, have not had championships in a long, long time. So it's not too surprising, but... Like, did it blow every other market out of the water for, for betting? Like, including the opposition, the opposing teams that they faced? I, I, w- I would suppose yes. I, I would have to look at New York. I But since the Rangers got out of it, I don't know how much of an interest there would be in the NHL after the Rangers got eliminated by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that would be the only market that I could see that might match it. Illinois is obviously a huge market. Uh, maybe anti-Avs fans in Michigan betting against the Avalanche since but the Red Wings suck and they maybe get better with some of the moves that Steve Eiserman has made this offseason. But yeah, I, I I would I would I would guess that in terms of NHL betting, this would be the top in terms of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But those other markets, just based on the sheer volume of people, might be how it would come close or match it. So what are we expecting out of Broncos now? Because this time last year there was buzz. There's always buzz about this team, but now it's just it's they're the biggest story in the National Football League. And also, it's all about Russell Wilson all the time. All the national media is here. Yep. I, I cannot imagine the handle that's going to come around come week one. Even the preseason, right? People will be betting on the preseason. I'm probably going to have to come out with a tutorial because it's not the easiest thing to do, and you got to pay attention to the news, and you better have Twitter. But like, how much bigger should the Broncos be this year than last year from a betting standpoint? If I had to put a, a realistic bet on it, I think it's going to be double. I, I think just the enthusiasm, because you mentioned the enthusiasm and the excitement. And there's always excitement and enthusiasm when it comes to the Broncos in Broncos country, especially in Denver. But now it's not forced. It's natural because mm-hmm. of Russell Wilson. And I, I think I've told you this before. One of the best bets, and you mentioned you talked about it yesterday with Pat Sertan the second as a defensive player of the year bet. One of one of the bets that I have placed that I think has great value as well is Russell Wilson as MVP. Mm. And so potentially Nathaniel yeah. Hackett as coach of the year. And one of the reasons Nathaniel Hackett could do it is voters love to give coach of the year to a first time coach. And if the Broncos have the success that a lot of people think that they could have, they've been said, it's been said that the Broncos are a quarterback away for six years and they get the quarterback in this division and the amount of primetime games. It's great value. But I, I just, I think there's going to be a betting interest that we have not seen in the two years since sports betting launched in May 2020. And people have said it. The Broncos are the king when it comes to this city. And that's going to be the driver, and we're going to see that in week one and over the course of the season because you get excited about watching this team. They're a contender. They have the quarterback, an elite franchise quarterback, who's going to raise all boats for this team in an offense that produced the back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, it just when you have that excitement, we saw it with the Avs. There was enthusiasm and excitement 
They wanted to put money on it because it, it's another, as I called it, I've said it multiple times, it's wagertainment. It adds to it. You get a little, you get a little bit of money on it. It just adds to the excitement of all of it. And we're going to see that with the Broncos this year. So yeah, the long shot on Sertan at 101. I did place a bet on Hackett to be the coach of the year. And like you said, they do give it to newcomers. I mean, even Matt Nagy won it one year, right? Yeah, right. So the Russell Wilson thing's interesting because if I'm going to bet on Nathaniel Hackett to be coach of the year, that means Russell Wilson would have to just have a remarkable season. So let's talk about Wilson for a second. The more I look at this offense, the more I look at what Aaron Rodgers did and a guy that was not throwing the ball 40 times a game. For me, the key is not going to be Russell Wilson throwing the ball for 375 yards a game. The key is going to be efficiency. What can he get out of 30 to 32 passes as opposed to 40 or 42 passes? There's no doubt he's going to have to throw the ball 40 plus times a few times this year, but I don't think those are games that they're probably going to win. So are the, the stats going to be gaudy enough? Aaron Rodgers had the stats, had the efficiency. Are the stats going to be gaudy enough? And in the NFL, it seems like the voters still think how your team is doing as opposed to baseball, who's just the best player. They want to take into account, could this team be the best? I have a hard time thinking that the Broncos are going to have one of the best three, four records in the league. But I think if they can win the division, then you got Hackett as the coach of the year. The path for Russell Wilson to be the MVP to me, it's just not connecting right now. Talk to me. Why? Why Russell Wilson MVP? Because if you look at what Aaron Rodgers did, he had Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was it for his receivers. Now you have Cortland Sutton, you have Tim Patrick, potentially Jerry Judy. And as I've said, I think the difference maker, the deep threat, the Tyler Lockett of this offense is going to be K.J. Hamler. We have not seen the impact that K.J. Hamler is going to have in this offense. And I think people are underestimating how efficient and good Russell Wilson is. He has never been in an offense like this. He has been in an offense, as I've joked with you before, in a 1940s offense with a coach who should have coached in the 1940s in Pete Carroll, where I think Tim Tebow would be the best quarterback for a Pete Carroll offense. Russell Wilson's never been in an offense like this, and he's never had weapons like this. Yes, he's had DK Metcalf. He's had Tyler Lockett. I get that. But the plethora and the amount, and in this offense, that, as I I said, just produced the back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers. And Russell Wilson is just as efficient as Aaron Rodgers. He has just as good of a deep ball, if not better, than Aaron Rodgers. So that's where I come into this. And I think you're going to see this offense come out kind of like it did with Peyton Manning in 2013, where it just blew the wheels off of people. That's going to be the mindset that this offense has, where it wants to get out to quick leads and allow the defense, guys like Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons, Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, to get after the quarterback and make plays, which they haven't been able to do because the offense hasn't been able to score touchdowns the last six years. Now they're going to be able to actually have an offense that gets a lead, and they're going to be able to get after it, which is going to be a big difference maker for Pat Sertan. So that's where I'm at with Russell Wilson, and just because it's great value. So I'm just looking at Aaron Rodgers while you're talking there. 31 pass attempts per game last year. That's it. 31 pass attempts per game. He got to 41 times that uh, 36-28 win over the Rams. 
And outside of that, I'm just not so sure how, how many 300-yard games we see here. You know, I, I get it. I get it. We think it's going to be a high-tempo offense, but it was a high-tempo offense in Green Bay, too, and they ran the ball a ton. Um, for me, for my money, I think we see him throw the ball between, what, 31 and 36 times a game would probably be the sweet spot. And you just don't want you don't want to put it on him because we've seen it in the past, even with Seattle. I know it was a different situation, but when he had to throw the ball forty or more times, he had a losing record. And, but here's the difference: he has the deep ball ability, just like Aaron Rodgers has. They they may not be a lot of opportunities to throw the ball, but they're going to be they're going to be yardage chunk plays where he is going to throw it deep because that's what Russell Wilson does. That's what he does well. And I think we're going to see a whole new Russell Wilson in this offense. We're going to see a Russell Wilson that we haven't seen the prior 10 years of his career in Seattle. What about K- what, what do you like about KJ Hamler here? You're saying that he's going to be in the locket role. I mean, with two wide out sets, I hope that it's, it's Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. And then obviously you'd have Jerry Judy uh, in the slot there, but how do we, how do you, how do you project KJ Hamler to have a big season? Just like Tyler Lockett deep threat pushes that stretches the defense and the thing about kj hamler and i for those who haven't seen it he met the media on monday and he talked about his struggles where he actually said he contemplated suicide mm-hmm. and the courage and the vulnerability that he showed i'm grateful and thankful that he spoke up about it and how tough it was for him to lose his grandma on top of having the acl injury that that wiped out all of his uh, 2021 season. I think he's going to be an impact player for this offense. And it may not be every down because you mentioned Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. They're going to get the crux of the plays. They're three down receivers, very much like Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey, where they can not only run their routes, but they block. They do everything that the offense needs. And Jerry Judy has the potential to be that kind of receiver that everyone expects him to be. But I think KJ Hamler is somebody who, when given the opportunity with all the stuff that he's been through, is going to shine and he's going to get the opportunity to do it. And he's going to be the guy to stretch the defense. I think that's where you're going to see KJ Hamler have an impact on this offense. Anything else that you're looking at with the, uh, you know what? No, no, no. I got to bring this up to you. So Broncos wire, right? Most overrated player on the Broncos, Bradley Chubb. Can you think of a more overrated player? And I, I've not, I, there aren't too many guys that are as big and as fast combination, but this is a fifth overall pick that's missed half the games since he's been here, and he's had eight and a half sacks the last three years. Can you think of a bigger bust? Is he a bust, first of all? Is he a bust? He's overrated, maybe. Is he a bust, given that... He just hasn't played that many games this far into his career. I, I have a hard time giving the, the guy a bust label because of his injury status. That's not anything that he is in control of. And maybe that's where John Elway and the front office at the time didn't do enough looking at his prior injury history. But I will say, to me, the most overrated Broncos, Garrett Bowles. He's had one good year and got a huge payday. That's it. He was not good last year. Garrett Bowles was not good last year after signing that extension. He has to be better. He has to be the best player on the offensive line, especially the way that he's played. He hasn't missed games. 
And when he does play, he usually makes a negative impact because of the Garrett Holds moniker. He needs to be better. He needs to be the player that allowed him to get that extension. And maybe Russell Wilson can be that quarterback because he hasn't been benefited by great quarterback play since he's been in the league when he was drafted out of Utah. But to me, the biggest bust and the biggest disappointment is Garrett Bowles. He's had one good season in his NFL career. Yeah, I, that's a great point you make. I mean, we're talking about five years in the league now for Bradley Chubb, though. Has not played very often, right? He's missed half the games. The only reason why you would not call him a bust, though, is not because of the utter production. It's just because of the injuries, right? right. I mean, the best, the best ability is availability, and that's where – I mean, you can't question it because he gets hurt. He he's he just can't he can't stay on the field. That's not his fault. It would be nice to see him stay on the field, given that he was a fifth round pick. And maybe having Randy Gregory now, if he can stay on the field, <laughs> it's not good that neither of them have been consistently on the field. But we'll see as they get closer to Week One against Seattle. But <clears throat> to me, the biggest. The biggest bust, the most overrated player on the Broncos is Garrett Bowles. And it's not even a question. I'm just trying to quantify, like, God, you know what? Russell Wilson is the most important player. Bradley Chubb, is Bradley Chubb the second most important player? Is that possible? Because this defense was really good without him for most of the year last year. But I think if you want to take it to the next level, he's got to be there. You got to rush the quarterback a little better. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So he's the second most important player in the, on the team, right? I, I would say DJ Jones is going to be one of the most important players because you have to get that interior pass rush. I, I think Jonas Griffith and or Josie Jewell is going to be a vital key as a middle linebacker. I think Jonas Griffith is going to be that second middle linebacker next to Josie Jewell. So to me, those are the key pieces. The secondary is going to be fine. They have one of the best secondaries in football. When you have Justin Simmons and and Pat Sertan the second, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, I think is an incredible third safety that I think is going to take another another couple of steps this year, even over what he did as a rookie. They have Ronald Darby as the the second cornerback, Michael Ojemudia. They they have the secondary. It's going to be the pass rush. It's going to be the defensive line on the interior. DJ Jones getting that interior push. And then the middle linebackers with Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffith. To me, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, and then the other pieces that I just mentioned are, are the most vital. And then, obviously, the offensive line has to do its job to keep Russell Wilson up upright and give him time. What did you think? Of, all right, so the Keenan Allen video is out there. I loved it. He's like, let's ride, let's ride. Russell Wilson's a corny dude, right? And Keenan Allen needs something to do here. I love it. Let's go. He's having a little bit of fun. Maybe this will actually turn it into a rivalry. Maybe it'll actually produce Chargers fans. Because the thing that was surprising to me is the Chargers said Chargers country. Since when is there a Chargers country? When did they do that? That was the tweet that they used to tweet the Keenan Allen video. Chargers country. I didn't even read that part. Really? Since when is there a Chargers country? They don't even have a city. Oh you, my God, you have you to ha- you have to have dude? more than ten fans to have a a, a con- they don't even have a county they don't have a city the city they play in they don't even have their own stadium they're not really Chargers country though they're just doing that to poke fun at the Broncos 
it would, it would mean it more if it was a franchise that actually has had success in the playoffs. Have, have they ever had a rivalry with the Broncos? What rivalry? Exactly. They've never had a rivalry with the Broncos. So we need Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert, and we need a couple fights this year. And then I think you're going to see it turn into something big. I'm you not even what? kidding, man. I, this, I, is, this, this is the second most exciting team, I think, in the division. It's, it's the Broncos the most exciting because Russell Wilson's here. And then Justin Herbert and that offense, number two. I want to see Keenan Allen dance around when he's actually getting catches and yards against PS2. Let's see that smile on his face when he's going against what I feel could be the best cornerback in football. He ain't going to be smiling too much. He's going to be whining like he did against Chris Harris Jr. Do you think other people are going to start hopping on this Sertan thing? I They should. Does anybody realize it, or is it just because the media is throwing it out there right now? Listen, I, I placed the 101 bet a month ago. Yeah, I did over too. A month ago. Why, huh? I did too. Yeah, over a month ago because... I thought 101, why not take a stab at a guy that could be the best at his position? Yeah. Do you, do, does everybody else start realizing that sooner or later? Well, by that time they realize that the value will shoot down because the books will adjust. When, when he shuts down DK Metcalf in week one. Week one. I mean, it, it, whether, <laughs> I mean it's going to help that he's having Geno Smith or Drew Locke throwing him the football. But when he, when he has the, the performances – that he had last year, this year, on primetime games, where he limited Jamar Chase to three yards, when he limits Tyree Kill, and you've listed off all the receivers that he went against that didn't get anything against him, he's going to be even better this year because he's going to have an offense that has a lead. So I think you're going to see him get more interceptions. I think he's going to be the closest thing that we've seen to Champ Bailey. That's how good Pat Sertan the second can be. Yeah, it's just like when I saw him last year, just it, it blew me away. Like I've been, I've actually been around some great corners, and I've talked to like Daryl Green is a guy I got to know really well. Daryl Green could be the greatest corner of all time, at the very least. If you just uh, the guy played till he was like sixty years old, it was absolutely amazing. But I've often talked to him about the, who's the best that you're seeing today, who's the best this, who's the best then. And he's like Champ Bailey was that guy. But just from my eye test, out of one year, like the ceiling, this this guy, the ceiling is as big as he wants it to be. He probably has the talent to be the best cornerback in the history of the NFL. I'm not even kidding you here. Oh, and now right. he's starting to show out and practice. Everybody's jumping on this, but he's going to take away half the field this year. Yep. He's going to be. I can't state that enough. The, 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 the fascinating thing about it is you mentioned Champ Bailey. I think the most underrated cornerback ever in the history of the National Football League is Louis Wright because he was the first shutdown cornerback in the National Football League when he played for the Orange Crush. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Louis Wright is one of the best cornerbacks to ever play in the National Football League. He was just as good as Champ Bailey. And then you had Champ Bailey. And now you have PS2. And I think PS2, as you said, the... The ceiling is as high as he wants it to be. And you know he wants to be great. You don't play for Nick Saban in Alabama and not realize how good you can be. So I I, I think he is just going to flash this year. The primetime games are the chance for voters to realize how great this kid is. And 
he's just going to shut teams down. And I think he's going to have even more interceptions this year. Lot's going to ride on Ronald Darby, though. What's your confidence level in Darby? I, I think the fact that he'll be able to play against PS2 and have the help of Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and Caden Stearns will help out. I think Michael Ojemudia will be able to help out on that side of the field. It's just like with Louie Wright and Champ Bailey. If you lock down one side of the field, you can put literally everyone else on the other side of the field. Like you could just put PS2 on the right, follow, have him follow around the best receiver, and then you can line up everybody else against everybody else. And then you should be good as long as you can get pressure on the quarterback. It's fascinating stuff here talking Broncos. Like it's that time of year, isn't it? We got 36 days until the regular season kicks off. What is that? So another 40, 40 days until the Broncos are there. Um, is this the first time since Manning was here that you felt this buzz? Yes, without question. It, it, I mean, it's been forced the last six years. We were forced to buy in to Joe Flacco, to Case Keesum, to Drew Locke, to Trevor Simeon, to Paxton Lynch, to Mark Sanchez, and then Drew Locke. I, uh, yikes. But, hey. It took six years. Here we are. And maybe over that time, as I said at the jump, maybe Nazem Kadri will make a decision before the Broncos season starts. Mm. All right. So before I let you go, I just want to go back to what everybody's betting here. The You expect this to be double the handle that we had last year with the NFL. Um, everybody needs to realize that handle always dips in June, right? Always. And July is going to be disgusting. It will be very low. And I, I, I think I might have overstated. I said a couple of months ago that I don't think it will dip below 400. I, I think I, I discounted how slow June and July are when it comes to betting. So the fact that they still got to 312 million, uh, uh, yeah, 300 and about 313 million. For June is still a really good month. It puts it in the top six, top seven for the entire country. So, Ian St. Clair, please plug playcolorado.com and everything else you're doing. We can find you over at the Mile High Report too, right? Absolutely. Follow me at milehighreport.com where it's the one-stop shop for Broncos news for the largest Broncos community on the internet. PlayColorado.com is your one-stop shop for news, analysis, features, opinions, anything and everything to make you a safer and smarter better. We should have the June numbers up with an analysis of that. And as always, check out the Broncos odds page for the latest on what to bet from Bet Rivers and props and game lines, all that stuff is there at the Broncos odds page at PlayColorado.com. All right, my friends, thank you very much for checking out the show today. As always, thanks to Ian St. Clair from Play Colorado. I'll be back with a Wednesday edition, too. We'll see if Ian wants to stop by again. I mean, what else are you doing, right, Ian? Come on. Not much. Actually, I'll today be would here. be a great day to go get a cup of coffee, too. I mean, come on. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Holden Radio. Like and subscribe. That'd be great. Leave me a nice little review. I'd appreciate that. Thanks for checking out. The Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.